Hey there, I'm your host, Leslie Randolph. I'm a self-confidence coach for teenage girls and the self-confidence coach you wish you had as a teen. Honestly, I'm the self-confidence coach I wish I had as a teen because I know I could have saved myself and my mother a whole lot of heartache if I'd only known then what I know now. I hope to save you some of that suffering by sharing the lessons I learned late in life right here on Why Didn't They Tell Us. Welcome to the show. Hey, hey, happy people. Welcome back to Why Didn't They Tell Us. So before we dive in today, I want to I want to check in with you after our last episode. Uh, if you have not yet listened to Cut the Should, let me be the first to say you should. <laughs> I didn't even plan that. I love it though. Yes, if you haven't listened to the last episode, please do. Um, it's it's great lessons and it really leads in nicely to this one. But it's okay if if you if you didn't watch the prequel, you'll still understand. You're not going to miss anything from today's episode. But go back if you have a moment. Uh, for those of you who did, I I want to take a moment and ask you: Have you caught yourself shooting all over you since listening to that last episode? Has your awareness of the words that you use just become so heightened? Um, hello, me, guilty. I mean, even within the first 30 seconds of launching this episode, I've shoulded you. Yeah. So before we even dive in today, I want to take a moment to remind you that the goal of this work and the, the topics that I teach and these coaching concepts, listen, the goal ain't perfection. I'm going to say that again for you and for me and for like the cheap seats in the back. The goal of this work is not perfection. Spoiler alert, there is no finish line when it comes to self-love, self-confidence, personal growth and development. It is forever a journey. Okay. And some days, some days y'all are going to go out into your world's feeling like superwoman and you're going to be so mindful with your words and deliberate with your actions and you're going to be going after goals and you're going to be making your dreams a reality and like, ooh, I have goosebumps just thinking about you living and creating the life of your dreams. Don't you? Take a moment and envision it. I can see it so clearly. But there are going to be other days where you're going to find yourself shooting all over you. And, and you know, when you are doing that, you're going to feel like a piece of you know what, okay? Listen, this is just a sign that you're a human. All the coaching in the world will not make you any less human, okay? I am always the first to admit that I am forever a work in progress. So please know, like literally you're not alone on this journey. I I have laughed at myself so many times over the past couple of weeks since recording that episode that I have talked about how busy I am. I have said what I needed to do. I have shoulded, okay? But while, yes, I am alongside you on this journey as a forever work in progress, I want to remind you that you are also with you on this journey. 
I mean, yes, the rest of us, we're all doing the best that we can, but you are your first and forever friend in this one and only life of yours. So treat yourself as such. When you catch you shooting you, be kind. You find yourself waxing on about how busy you are, cut yourself some slack. Have your own back through it all. Yes, with the words you use, but I mean literally through it all, through life's journey. And I promise you, you will get further because you'll want to keep going. If you're constantly beating yourself up, I promise you're going to want to quit. But the journey will be so much more fun, right? If you are your cheerleader on the sideline of this journey, it's going to be a heck of a much more good time. So do that. Okay, this loving little intro is actually perfect for what we're talking about today, which is the source of unnecessary suffering, okay? So a lot of clients I work with, and just humans in general, even if you're not a client of mine, I'm sure you can relate to this, we we just want to feel better. But that typically translates to we want to be happier, right? I mean, this is really the meat and potatoes of why we hire coaches and therapists to begin with. It's, it's why we do anything, actually, because of how it'll make us feel. Anything we do is because of how we think we will feel at that finish line. And ultimately, we all just want to feel good. I remember working with a client once who had said that she had lost all sense of joy. And absolutely, that revelation is a painful one. And if, if you can relate to that, I, I know it's a painful one when you feel like there's just no joy in your life anymore. But I wanted to, for her and for you today, talk about the unnecessary suffering that we experience on this quest of being happier. Okay? so. We'll, we'll talk briefly today about the necessity of negative emotion, but really what I want to focus on is that additional layer of suffering that we cause ourselves by resisting those negative and necessary negative emotions. The suffering on suffering. So suffering on suffering comes when we resist emotions versus allowing them. Now, if you've been paying attention to some of my recent episodes or you follow me on social, and yes, I'm going to do the shameless plug, by the way. If you don't follow me on social, please do. I am the Coach Chronicles on Facebook, and I am the Coach, the underscore Coach underscore Chronicles on Instagram. Okay. But you'll hear me talk about how your thoughts cause your feelings. So your thoughts cause your feelings. So if we do simple emotional math here, that would translate to positive thought equals positive emotion. Well, thank you, Life Coach Leslie. I now never need to feel pain again because I know this emotional life hack. If I don't want to feel negative emotion, I'll just change my negative thought to a positive one and wham, bam. I never need to feel pain. And if you go way back to 
episode one about our inner teen, those those negative emotions are are as painful as physical pain, right? That emotional discomfort is like physical pain. So why would I ever want to feel that, right? Well, I'm going to tell you something. This is that big, why didn't they tell us moment. We are not supposed to be happy all the time. We're not. It's a lie that's perpetuated everywhere. And I'll be honest, partly by people like me, right? If you do follow me on social, you get you get this snapshot of my life where I am constantly telling you to believe in you, to love in you, to feel good. But this is not reality. Reality is the balance, the yin and yang, the 50-50 that is negative and positive. Now, if you prescribe to a, a social platform that shows you just one sector of people's lives, you might believe that we're supposed to be happy all the time. And I promise you we're not. Reels are not reality, my friend. (laughs) But if we believe that we're supposed to be happy, then when we feel a negative emotion, we believe something is wrong. And then when we think something is wrong, that, that adds just a whole new layer of negative emotion on negative emotion. I'm feeling sad. I shouldn't feel sad. Something's wrong. Now I feel sad about feeling sad. Suffering on suffering. I'm worried. I shouldn't feel worried. Why am I so worried? And now we're worried about feeling worried. Suffering on suffering. If we go back to my client, the one who, who wasn't experiencing joy in her life, there was a whole lot of beating herself up because she should be more happy. She, on paper, has this gorgeous life. Why am I not happier? And I hear this with a lot of clients. Suffering on suffering. I have so much to be grateful for. I have so much to be happy about. And it's not that we're then focusing on why you're unhappy. We're focusing on the fact that you're unhappy about being unhappy. Suffering on suffering. So I'll give you a personal story. Um, this summer, I had said something to someone that that really offended them. Um, and she was very upset with me. And she let me know that she was very upset and she was hurt by my words. And I, I mean, I remember hanging up the phone and I mean, my brain was just whew, all the thoughts that made me um, go down this shame spiral. I had so many painful thoughts about how I had hurt her and what she was thinking of me and what I could have done differently. And I think that that's a really typical response to when you do something that you, I don't like hurting other people. Oh my word. It would never be my intention to hurt somebody deliberately. And I stayed there for a moment, right? But then really quickly, this other voice came in. One that was really mad at me for feeling as bad as I did. And I started beating myself up because I thought I was beating myself up. So follow me. Like (laughs) that other voice was like, Leslie, you are a confidence coach after all. And one of the pillars of self-confidence is self-compassion, 
how could you be thinking all these negative thoughts about you and feeling all these negative feelings? And then, I mean, I went down an even bigger shame spiral rabbit hole. And the next day, I got on with a coach. I was like, I need to clean up my thinking. And that's really what coaching does. It gives you an opportunity to look at the thoughts that you're thinking, process the feelings that you're feeling, and then how it's, you know, having you show up in life because our thoughts drive our feelings and they drive our actions. So the next day I get on with this coach. And while I did, I touched briefly on what had happened with this other person and how I was feeling about that. Um, I The emphasis of this coaching session was really on the fact that I was so mad at myself for being mad at me. And that session was so eye-opening because the coach showed me how much unnecessary suffering I was causing myself because I believed I wasn't supposed to feel bad. I believed I wasn't supposed to feel bad about what had happened. Like I had evolved with all of my coaching and all of these tools from the human experience of feeling bad. And I see this with so many of my clients too. You start doing this work and believing that your thoughts are optional, which they are, and that your your perspective is your power. And you take that to mean you should never be unhappy or to experience negative emotions. And then when you are unhappy and experience negative emotion because you're human, you think something has gone wrong. Now, hear me when I say the pain is not the problem here. It's believing that the pain is a problem. It's thinking that you shouldn't feel that way. Remember how I told you to listen to the last episode? This is why. Because there's that should. This is the ultimate of shoulding yourself. Believing you shouldn't feel negative emotion, so you resist it. And when you resist it, it adds this layer of suffering on suffering. You cause yourself more negative emotion. My friends, can you relate to this at all? Do you ever find yourself feeling bad about feeling bad? Do you ever tell yourself that you're you're supposed to be over this by now or that you shouldn't feel this way? Maybe you're having a really big emotional response to something and then your knee jerk is, oh my gosh, I shouldn't be this emotional. I shouldn't feel this bad. I mean, I obviously, you know, I can, I just offered you a story and that's just one and I have plenty. Now the anecdote to this suffering on suffering is to allow emotion, all of them, (laughs) to allow all emotions, to allow yourself to feel anxious, to allow yourself to feel sad. To allow yourself to feel angry. One of the most simple ways to do this is to just acknowledge your emotions. 
I like to check in with my body and ask myself, and I do this every day, how am I feeling? How am I feeling today? And then no matter what it is, I, I name it. I give that emotion a label. And I say aloud or in my mind or on the page of my journal, I'm feeling anxious. I reinforce and normalize the feeling by saying, I'm feeling anxious and that's okay. This simple perspective, or excuse me, this simple practice is so healing. The simple practice is so healing because it allows our emotions to have the moment. It allows them us to just feel emotion. And it reminds you that you're not your emotion, right? It separates you from the experience of the emotion. It shows you that you are a human feeling a human emotion. And it also doesn't make the emotion good or bad, right? And it doesn't make you good or bad. It makes you a human feeling a human emotion. I think that this practice of allowing emotion is critical for us to model to to our teens. If you're uh, the parent of a teen or, or if you even have a little human in your world looking up to you. As I was making notes for this episode, I found myself back in my teenage years, as I often do, um, as I think of, you know, why didn't they tell us sooner and what, what a gift these skills and tools would have been to my teenage self. And I was quickly transported back to being 16 years old and having my first um, foray with heartbreak. I had, uh, I had just had my heart broken for the first time. And no one told me that it was okay to feel this feeling. I think, you know, I think, I, and I can't remember my mom's response to it. I think and now as a mother, she probably responded with like, I want to fix it. <laughs> I want to fix it and I want to make her feel better. I don't know why we all think we're supposed to be happy all the time. <laughs> but right, we perpetuate this idea we're supposed to be happy all the time. She probably so lovingly saw her daughter suffering. I was like, I just want to fix it. And we do this for our kids as well, right? When they're suffering, we want to make them feel better. And I don't know, right? I really don't remember my mom's response, but I remember not feeling okay with this feeling because literally I can't think of a worse feeling in the world than heartbreak, right? And so really quickly, I went into resistance. Because in addition to feeling heartbroken, I thought being heartbroken made me weak. And I remember feeling really stupid that I was heartbroken, that I'd given my heart and it got broken. So on top of feeling heartbroken, now I've added this layer of weakness and stupid. And I went really quick into resistance. You can imagine, right? To feel embarrassed or stupid and weak, and heartbroken, like, who wants to be there? No one. So I put on a brave face to the outside world and probably lying to myself that it was okay 
because I believed, you know, I shouldn't be feeling this way and I certainly shouldn't be feeling it for too long, right? The shelf life of heartbreak in high school was less than what my tender heart actually needed. <laughs> so, you know, I could feel it, but not for long. Let's go. We've got life to live and we've got, um, you know, high school to, to keep going. So while maybe in quiet moments I allowed it, I certainly put on a brave face when I went out into the world. And also that feeling this way meant something about me. So I wanted to resist this emotion because not only did I not want to feel heartbreak, I didn't want to feel those additional feelings of my suffering on suffering. For me, it was feeling weak and embarrassed or stupid. Notice how by resisting it, I actually felt worse because now I had all these additional meanings to it. And let's be honest, because I was resisting it, I felt it for so much longer. I, I often think of when we resist emotions. Do you remember that like whack-a-mole carnival game? Like, oh, I don't want to feel that. So we whack the mole down. That mole's coming right back up. So the game kept going much longer because I was resisting this motion. So I big, that was a, a, I really walked away there for a moment from this, but we want to model this emotion for the teens in our lives so that they know, and for the little humans that look up to us, so they know that they can allow emotion as well. And it's okay. We want to allow our little people to feel big feelings. When we're quick to tell them that they're okay and they shouldn't feel this way, and we put on that mom hat that I'm sure my mom too, that we want to fix the situation, we are inadvertently telling them that they shouldn't feel this way. And we're also taking away their opportunity to navigate their emotion. And this is just a beautiful part of the human existence. I know it doesn't always feel good, but we want to allow them to feel all of the emotions that come with this one and only life of ours. I saw this with my son recently, and, and this is a great way to end because the negative emotion, it goes back to that balance, the yin and the yang. The negative emotion reminds us too of the, the other side. So we recently came home from weeks away with, um, our, our grandparents and cousins, and there is just no happier place for my kids, but I'll, I'll focus on my son in particular with this one, than being with his grandparents and with his cousins. And ooh, I'm going to get emotional saying this. And when we left, this sweet child of mine was heartbroken because he loves being there so much. And I think about that shelf life of an emotion, right? Like night one that we were leaving, I was laying in his bed for a long time, just allowing him to feel those really big emotions. And then night two, those big emotions were still real big. And if you have really young kids, you can appreciate that all of a sudden at bedtime, that's when emotions become really big. And it's like, really, we couldn't have talked about this at like 5 p.m.? We're dealing with it right now? 
So night two, big emotion. And I laid in that bed and I allowed him to feel those emotions. Night three, big emotions. And that I think was when my brain was like, all right, come on. We shouldn't be feeling this way. Let's go on. I think about that shelf life. But I let him feel that emotion. And listen, we did. We did talk about the fact that you feel all this sadness because when you were there, you felt so much love. But I never told him to stop feeling sad or to stop feeling those big emotions. I allowed him to feel them. And he went on with his life, right? Like at five o'clock, he was fine. It was just at bedtime where those big emotions came. But I, I believe that allowing him to experience that and to let it run its natural course was such a gift. It didn't make the negative emotion wrong. It didn't make sadness wrong. And now I can't remember the last time we had a crying night because he was able to feel it and feel it all. So I guess those are some key takeaways from today. Why didn't they tell us that the goal wasn't always to be happy? I don't know. I wish someone had told us to feel the emotions and to feel them all, even the painful ones. Life is meant to be a mix of the good and the bad, the dark and the light. And we only know the goodness of life's most magical moments when we allow and accept the darkness of the hard and heavy times. Give yourself grace and space to allow these emotions, right? Even the ones that don't feel good. You can breathe into them and say, I am feeling blank and that's okay. And let's try to normalize this behavior for others. We don't need to mask our emotions. Let's normalize and talk about negative emotions. It's not just part of the journey. It is a critical and important part of the journey. So my friends, why didn't they tell us the goal wasn't to be happy all the time? I don't know, but I'm telling you now, instead of Chasing that holy grail of joy, I urge and encourage you to feel and feel it all. Till next time. Hey friends, I just want to close out today with a reminder that I am a life coach and that my goal is always for you to love and believe in you and that I believe loving and believing in you is always an option. But I am not a therapist and coaching does not replace therapy, nor is it therapy. So please, if you or someone you know is struggling with depression, suicidal thoughts, or mental health matters, please call or text the 988 Suicide and Crisis Lifeline to connect with a trained counselor. You can also visit the Lifeline site at 988lifeline.org. Love what you hear? Well, I'd love to hear from you. You can find me at confidencecoachforgirls.com. That's confidencecoachforgirls.com. Or email me at lesliethelifecoach at gmail.com. That's lesliethelifecoach at gmail.com. Hope to hear from you.